If you must blink, now is the time. Jacob, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Drew. But wouldn't Moriarty disappear out of the holodeck? I think the only thing holographic is your brain. No, you fool, we're going to review an animated uh, movie on this here podcast. Brilliant! No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Why would anybody want to listen to geek two geeks like us? Because, you fool, these people have uh, are so very easily entertained. Okay, Drew. Nerf! Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who can fly, apparently, Jacob. I believe I can fly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, why thank you? Like you introduce our co-host, a man who just gets way too many paper cuts. Welcome, Drew. Well, I do work with paper all day. That you got to be very careful when you're folding. Although my, well, a my paper is thicker, and b I cannot fold that well. <laughs> mm, so you can't do you can't do origami very well. Neither by hand nor with the powers of a magic Shimasan, I think is what Shimasan. Yeah, Shimasan. I think that's what that I thing think is we're called. pronouncing it wrong. More than likely, we yeah. are not Japanese. Yeah, Japanese banjo, what someone kind of basically described Kind it of, yes. Kind of. So, uh, Jacob, how are you doing today? Man, it has been a long two days. I, I was on vacation before. Uh, went and went to a conference. Went to had had lunch, had dinner with family. Mm-hmm. Went down to see my parents for two days, mm-hmm. which was fun. I uh, got to hang out with uh, some little cup, my three of my little cousins, mm-hmm. uh, who are I think they are seven, five, and four, and they they apparently they learned that oh Jacob draws, and so the first thing they see me it's like. Draw me something. And it's like, okay. So I spent mo- most of the time drawing stuff for them, which All was right. a lot of fun. And uh, But other than that, I uh, got back, back at work. And, yeah, back to the grind. So that's what I've been up to. What have you been up to? Uh, I visited the parents over the weekend for Father's Day. Right. Uh, pretty much, I mean, we just hung out for the most part. Yeah. Ate some pork chops, or chicken fried steak, actually. Ooh, that does sound good. Conversation, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But then I had to come back a little early, because uh, earlier in the week I got a text from our choir director yeah, asking, you know, since our choir is currently not performing, right. if I would be interested in perhaps helping out with the tech crew. And yeah. I said, sure. He says, can you be here on Sunday to observe? I said, I think so. <laughs> And yeah, I was there, and I enjoyed watching. I mean, it'd be interesting to actually do it. I don't know when I'll actually get put my hands on the controls, but right, maybe next time. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it seemed to be interesting. So yeah, uh, that's what's really been going on with me. Yeah, uh, what was it? Sunday, Sunday. I got. I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sunday was interesting. Let's say that. Yes. So, so I left my parents' house uh, roughly about almost five minutes to six. Mm-hmm. And they live about two and a half hours away, two hours, two and a half hours away from where I, where we are now. Yeah. So I get out, I drive nonstop, take the shortest ride I can. I mm-hmm. get I get back to Jacksonville, and it's about eight twenty. Right. 
about 20, I get, I get, get to the apartment. I need to take a shower because I stink all to high heaven. <laughs> so I take a shower because I'm not going to show up at church stinking and right. operate a camera at the same time. Because mm-hmm. that's going to smell weird. So well, thankfully, while they are brand spanking new cameras with lots of fancy features, none of yeah. them are smell-o-vision. No. That, that's just thankfully. Definitely like, <laughs> a few. Um, no, but uh, get a shower, change, drive to the church, probably with like 10 minutes to spare, hop on a camera, and then go at it for like until mm-hmm. like 1130. Well, that was kind of what happened. Kind of, yeah, you kind forgot the part where at about what fifteen minutes till fifteen twenty minutes till not till uh, nine o'clock when that yeah. thing was supposed to start, I called you. Yeah, to find out if you were actually going to make it because uh, the guy running the board. Yeah, tried to call you and you didn't pick up. I didn't. Recognize, you didn't recognize. I didn't the recognize number. his number. I should have known that, considering I had to give him your number. <laughs> And he was just curious if you were going to make it on time or if he was going to need to go find somebody else to run the camera. Right. So that's after a couple of minutes, he said, why don't you call him? He might recognize your number. So, oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's when I called you. All right. Good deal. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a very it was a very interesting four days. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. Yes. Very four days. Back to the grind. And uh, now we're doing this. Indeed. So what have you been watching? Uh, plenty actually. All right. All right. So besides watching the movie we're doing now, I got the I bought the movie uh, The Adventures of Tintin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in what was that Thursday when I said I wouldn't have had lunch with family. Yeah. In between that, I went to the mall and just kind of just hung out and checked out because I've been the mall in probably like half a year. Probably. Well, for at least four of those months, there's good reason for exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, and so I go into this, um, basically it's kind of like a mini Hastings as many people would rem- mm-hmm. you'll quite fondly remember. So something like FYE or yeah, Suncoast like or, yeah, it, um, one of those kind of places. Yeah. So I'm looking around and I find Adventures of Tintin. I, you know, obviously had heard about it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think I brought it up on what I've been watching rec- uh, sometime in the last well, since January. Yeah, you did. That's right. So I picked it up for relatively cheap. I bought a lot of paper that day. A mm-hmm. lot of paper. I'm an artist. I can't help it. Right. You 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 get me in a hobby lobby, be like, where's the art store? Where's the art crafts? Where's the crafts? Mm-hmm. And so I bought a lot of paper. So I do that and I eventually like after I get watching done Kubo. Been like, oh, I've got plenty of time, so I pop in, or not, you know, pop in. Um, I start watching Tin Tin, and it's like this movie blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like the visual effects, the the artist, the um, the motion capture, and it's like the the fact that it's almost a collaboration between Steven Spielberg and. Um, What's his name? Peter Jackson. (laughs) Peter Jackson. Thank you. And, uh, oh, just, I love this movie to death. Loved it. And I was just so, like, why did they make others? Oh, yeah, because it didn't do well in theaters for some odd reason. 
I have my theories on that, but I'm going to hold off okay. on talking about that. Yeah, we'll we'll get there when we get there. Exactly. Uh, and then I got the. This is kind of off subject, but I finally got around to watching Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure, Bogus Journey, Bogus Journey, whichever. Well, I mean, there's a difference. There is. There is most definitely a difference. Because Excellent Adventure was the first one. This yeah. is Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey. That's right. Uh, I will, and, and I will say, and you've said on your Facebook thing you actually liked it and that you I thought did. it was better than the original. I did. So from what I've found, people either like Excellent Adventure and are not big fans of Bogus Journey right. or the other way around. Mm-hmm. It's never... I mean, people will say they like both. Right. There's some I, people who say it. And you know, I actually do like both. I'm looking forward to the third movie. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about the third movie since we do know time travel will probably be involved. But right. Well, to save my my full review for the movie of the week podcast, which yes. is we both are uh, co hosts on. Has the excellent adventure episode come out yet? I believe so. I will look that up while you're talking. All right. Um, uh, for those of you who follow us, on the movie of the week podcast, we um, I, I believe we did I believe we did a review over this movie. We did yes, a, it came yeah. out April eighth. Okay, I did not like the movie at all. <laughs> I just, I could not get into the film. I thought it was dumber than a brick. <laughs> I will blame the fact that you're a history nerd and this thing treats exactly. history like a wet noodle. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I uh, I absolutely love the ridiculousness of it, but. I'm not the history nerd you are. So anyway, go listen to our episode on Movie of the Week podcast for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Right. And uh, keep an eye out for that episode of Bogus Journey. But hey, if you're liking what uh, you're hearing here on Cellcast, go check out that podcast for live action stuff. Because believe it or not, we are more than just cartoon heads. Yeah, exactly. That's the actual... Oh, yeah. no, let me rephrase. We are more than just Animaniacs, mostly because that's copyrighted. Yeah, pretty but. much. <laughs> True. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I watched that, and then I watched it on a Amazon movie. Amazon mm-hmm. movie. Lo- I enjoyed the fire out of the movie, and I'll leave my review for that. And then I watched uh, Street Fighter 2, the movie. Okay. So, for most people, you think you hear Street Fighter. Oh, the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. No, nope. that is that is just Street Fighter. Yeah. Which, and it's... I actually enjoy that movie for all the wrong reasons. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. So, I had watched a version of this movie a couple of years ago on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then I watched this version, which apparently is the full version on Amazon Video. And, oh my gosh, it's such a different movie. Such okay. because, And apparently the condensed version I saw on YouTube just basically took all the fight scenes and took, left out everything in the middle. Uh, watched this version, the original, the full version of Street Fighter II, the movie, which is the title. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoyed it. Like you, you got more in depth. You got more in depth of the characters, who they were, and it's not just you know be like punch, kick, and you know fight the villain. All right. It's it was a far better film than what I'd originally remembered. So yeah, that is what about what I have watched. What about you? Well, the last couple weeks, 
uh, I have been subscribed to a brand new YouTube show. Yeah. Because uh, a friend of mine is one of the contestants. And I am technically friends on Facebook with uh, the person running the show. Uh, I'm talking about the Raw Trivia Show. Yeah. It is a trivia... It's essentially like a trivia game show. Yeah. It's got a little bit of extra uh, kind of stuff in it to kind of make it crazy. Yeah. Uh, they have on, they're on their third episode right now. And uh, viewers can submit questions. Ah. I have submitted two. One of them was on episode three, and the next one is going to be on episode four. But in the conversation for that episode, I jokingly said... Yeah, I'm kind of lazy, so if if I keep submitting questions, it's probably just going to be based on the latest episode of the Cellcast I've watched mm. or prepared for. And he says, "You want to give us a shout out, and you you want to you want me to give you a shout out?" That's what he said. And I said, "You know, I wouldn't turn it down, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, I'll give you a shout out on our show. So you know, if you are looking for a good trivia show." want to you know see a bunch of people who are friends i think (laughs) viciously attack each other with as they try to answer strange trivia questions such as uh, how many empire state buildings are is there between the earth and the moon that's a lot of empire state buildings indeed uh things like that so or my personal favorite one guy asked what is how, uh, how many consoles do I own? Oh, because apparently he'd brought it up before. Oh, <laughs> okay. something that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, I on the last the episode that's up as of this recording, which was episode three, mm-hmm. I had. I mean, I'm gonna see if you know this. Okay. Because I, I I think you will, but I'm gonna see. All right. Fire away. In Ralph breaks the internet. Okay. Vanellope meets. A bunch of Disney princesses. Of these 14 princesses, how many were not voiced by their original voice actress? Ooh, that's interesting. Okay. Okay, let me think. Snow White, obviously, because she passed away several decades ago. Mm-hmm. Let me think. It's obvious when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, super obvious when you think about it. Yeah, because I think if we if because the 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 if we're talking just pure, I'm talking about the Disney princesses that appeared in the movie. Okay, so that not counting be- Vanellope, though she is voiced by her original voice actress. Yes, uh, I think it's two, two or three. Nope. Well, you, it's three, three. Snow White. Mm-hmm. Cinderella, mm-hmm. both their voice actresses are dead. Yeah. And Aurora, whose voice actress is in her late 90s and really that's cannot perform right. anymore. Yeah, that's right. The, the first three. Yeah, the first three. Everyone else was, uh, came in in the 80s, starting in the 80s. Yeah. With Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I asked that and it. I noticed a sharp cut. So apparently it must have taken them a couple minutes to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, because where I, nothing I, interesting was happening. So yeah, yeah I, I I kept thinking it was like it had to be the first three because yeah, it's the only three that makes sense. Right. But the way I asked the question, it's mm-hmm. not entirely obvious. 
No, it's not. But uh, yeah, so what is this? Uh, the YouTube channel? The Raw Trivia Game Show. Let me double check. I, I know it's Raw Trivia. Okay. Uh, One I, minute. I am subscribed on the YouTubes. So I should be able to hit subscription and then just scroll to the right. Scroll to the right. Somewhere in here. Probably in the R's. Or I need to hit all because it's not showing up on the top. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it's just the Raw Quiz Show. Ah. I gotcha. So as of this recording, there are three episodes. Uh, the fourth episode, I think, will come out this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday. I think he shoots for Saturday. Okay. Like we do. But uh, I know this last weekend he had, he, it, it did not come out until Sunday because mm. apparently it was a big one. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Good deal. Other than that, all I've been really watching is uh, other YouTube stuff, nothing of importance. Um, stuff for a secret project you'll hear about eventually. I gotcha. Uh, watched a lot, watched some. Uh, of Monk, Everybody Loves Raymond, and Airport Disasters while I was visiting my parents. Ah, those are always fun. Yes. Especially in group settings. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it. Okay. So, Very yeah. Cool. So, what do we got in the news? What do we got? So, starting off in the news, um... First and foremost, let me give a big shout-out to one of our listeners, Heather. Thank you so much for bringing this uh, this movie to my attention. And, yes, I did a little bit of research into it. So we're going to get the news starting with this little bit of news. So it has just been announced that Netflix and Pearl Studios announced today that director, this is the cool one, though, Glenn Keane is directing the feature animation movie called Over the Moon. Let me start over. All right. So, with the news, let me start off with a big shout-out to one of our listeners, Heather. Uh, she was the one who brought this movie to my attention, so I did a little research. And I am very excited about this film. I watched the trailer. It's mm -hmm. a very, very cool little trailer. And uh, it's directed by one of my favorite animators. So... Netflix and Pearl Studios announced today that director Glenn Keane will be helming the animated feature Over the Moon. The film, which, which is slated to premiere on Netflix this fall. Uh, Over the Moon follows the adventures of a young girl named Fifi who builds a rocket ship to the moon to prove the existence of the legendary moon goddess. Fly me to the moon and let me something among the stars. I think it's bathe among the stars, but let I could be bathe wrong. among the stars. Okay. Either we're talking Evangelion or we're talking old blue eyes. It could go either way. Yeah, either way. All right. All right. 
There she ends up in, on a unexpected quest and discover a whimsical land of fantastical creatures. I watched the trailer. It looks really good. Okay. It looks very well done. All right. So our second bit of news. Broadway hitmaker. Do I need to look at the name? Yes. Thank you. Lin-Manuel? Lin-Manuel. Thank you. Sorry, my dyslexia gets in the way sometimes. That's a tough one. Yeah, my, yeah my, my reading disorder gets in the way. It's like, I know this word. Why can't I say this word? Either way. Lin-Manuel. Lin-Manuel. Miranda. <laughs> All right, so. He probably doesn't like, me, like it when you say it like Miranda. that. Miranda. Miranda. <laughs> so, Broadway hitmaker Lin-Manuel. I probably butchered Close it. Close enough. <laughs> uh, Miranda uh, appeared on video chat on Monday Monday's episode of Good Morning America to discuss the filming and streaming of his multi-tony, multi-tony award-winning Hannibal on Disney+. Plus. So if you want to go watch Hannibal. Uh, ha- Hannibal. Hamilton? Hamilton. Hamilton. Thank you. Not Hamilton. <laughs> I'd say Hannibal already came out. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. Broadway, the, the lambs were very quiet about it. Hey. Either way, either way. So, during the course of this interview, he he drops a little nugget that he's working on another project with Disney. Okay. All right. So let me get on down to it. Uh, the multi-talented. Entertainer even reveals a new Hush Hush musical animated feature project in the works with Disney. Uh, Randa wrote original songs for the studio's 2016 hit Muan- Moana, which is a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I'm uh, the other thing I'm working on. This is Miranda talking. Um, actually writing a new animated musical for Disney Animation Plus. For Dis- not Disney Plus. Let me reiterate, this is not going to Disney Plus as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, for Disney Animation. Uh, set in Colombia, South, South Latin America. And that's all I can say before Bob Iger shows up in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this could be anything. This could literally be anything. Um, far as he described it, uh, the untitled project joins Miranda's busy, uh, busy stir. Uh, and this is a bunch of either way. It, it looks like, uh, this movie is slated to release June 4th, 2021. Okay. All right. So in the last bit of news, the first images of studio Ghibli's debut CG animated feature, Ah, uh, A-Y-A. Aya. Aya, thank you. Aya and the Witch, directed by, I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm going to let you read it. The first images from Studio Ghibli's de- debut CG animated feature, Aya and the Witch, directed by Sion Goro Miyazaki, has been have been released. Adapted from the novel by Earwig and the Witch by British author Diane Wayne-Jones who also penned the source of Hayao Miyazaki's Oscar-nominated Howl's Moving Castle, the tale of a bright orphan who pits her wits against life in a mysterious new home 
and magic-wielding foster parents is due to premiere on Japanese TV station the NHK this winter. Thank you. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Either way, and so that's all we have for the news. All right. So let's go ahead and move into our spoiler-free section of mm -hmm. our review of the movie Kubo and the Two Strings. Yes. I saw this as soon when it came out in theaters, what, two, three years ago? Yeah, 2016. 2016, yeah. I saw it in theaters. I was initially impressed with the movie. Mm -hmm. I still think the animation in this is Drop Dead Gorgeous. More on that later. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have not seen it since then. Okay. Because I just haven't. Um, it's still an enjoyable movie. I have... I, I enjoy. I, I like the primary theme, which is almost a uh, spoiler. So I'm not going to tell you what that theme okay. is. Got it. Uh, but uh, you just gotta love stop motion animation in twenty in in this day and era because not many people are doing no. it. The only people who besides uh, Leica mm -hmm. who are doing this uh, would probably be uh, maybe uh, Ardman. Yeah, but even for the most part, they've gone completely CG. Mm -hmm. And then the Lego movie is made to look like it's uh, stop motion, stop motion, but it's actually CG. Right. So all the Lego movies are set up that way. It's a rare art. It's a rare art, and it's not something a lot of people do anymore because of how expensive and time-consuming it that is. That is true. That's why uh, you know this is Leica's third movie in ten years, I think. Fourth. Fourth. Okay, so we got Coraline. Mm -hmm. We've got Paranorman. Paranorman. Box Trolls. Box Troll. I forget about Box Trolls. So this is their fourth. Their fourth. Okay. So yeah, fourth movie in in somewhere around ten years. Yeah. Uh, Disney puts them out a little bit faster. A little bit. <laughs> so does uh, Warner Brothers Animation. Everybody else does. Everybody but else does because they they're all doing it CG. They can bump this stuff out a, a lot faster yeah this is stop motion and you've got to take your time with it even though i think this is a combination uh all, all the actors are stop motion yeah i think the backgrounds might have been cg they're not well they're definitely composite in a lot yeah. of cases yeah there, there's a lot of compositing in the a lot of the shots but the we'll we'll, we'll go into a we'll lot get, of it we'll get into that later spoiler. But, right. oh, my gosh, this movie is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I especially how in the end credits, you know, because it's doing that standard, you know, here's the 2D animation showing you different scenes from the movie. Mm -hmm. And then it automatically shifts into, and here is a time compression of us doing the monster skeleton fight. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. It's like, that is cool to see. <laughs> I don't expect to see it in the movie. <laughs> At all, uh, you know the actual. Here's how we do it with obviously fast forwarding. Right. But still, it's cool to watch that for a couple minutes. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So yeah, I I enjoy this one. It's not my absolute favorite. I appreciate the artwork, and I enjoy the story. I have a couple of nitpicks storyline wise. Okay. Which we'll get there. I've been here in a couple minutes. So, what are your thoughts? My thoughts, well, I didn't get the chance to watch this in theaters. Mm -hmm. And so 
this was my first viewing of the movie. And wow, the dedication they put in this film. The the story is amazing. The character designs are fantastic for be like, you know, there again, everything is is handmade or printed and it's all stop motion, like you said before. Mm-hmm. Such a beautifully well crafted, well done story. And I just oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just there there's there's so there's so many words you can say to say oh my word, good mm-hmm. movie. But well I will get into my spoilerific uh likes and dislikes when we get there. So just to say I like this movie a lot. Now I do have a little hiccups here and there with some things, but we'll get there here in, in here in a minute. Yes. So yeah, that is my this is our spoiler free section. All right. So join us on the other side here in just a minute to hear our spoiler-filled thoughts on the movie Kubo and the Two Strings. Yep. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Kubo and the Two Strings. Listener discretion is advised. Kubo and the Two Strings was directed by Travis Knight. Uh, His other movie that you might recognize that he directed was Bumblebee. Mm, Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was written by Mark Hames, Chris Butler, and Shannon Tyndall. Uh, Mark Hames' only other real credit I saw mm-hmm. was that he directed, he wrote something called Johnny Frank Garrett's Last Word. I have no idea what it is, but it was like he had almost, that's the thing, the director and the writers had almost nothing on their really? lists, which was weird. To quote Dr. Spock, fascinating. Yes. Uh, Chris Butler also wrote Paranorman and Missing Link. Okay. Which I believe Missing Link is an Ardman production. No, totally. It's it's a uh, Lycan. Is Lycan? Okay. Yeah, it's Lycan. Then I'm wrong. What's new? Uh, Shannon Tyndall, the only other interesting thing I saw that she wrote was that she wrote three episodes of Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Gotcha. Which is a fun show if you've never watched it. Never watched it. All right. Uh, music was written by uh, Dario Marianelli. Mm-hmm. He also wrote the music for V for Vendetta and for Bumblebee. Cast includes Art Parkinson playing Kubo. Uh, on Game of Thrones, he plays uh, Rickon Stark. Mm-hmm. Charlize Theron plays the mother. And she is, of course, uh, Furiosa in Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Brenda Vaccaro plays Cameo which is the older woman he talks to. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. before, you know, he does start selling the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, she previously p- played Bunny Bravo in Johnny Bravo. Really? You know, Johnny Bravo's mother. Oh, okay. Bunny Bravo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Hiryo- Hiroyuki Tagawa played Hashi, mm-hmm. one of the other common townspeople who spoke. Yeah. And uh in the current Mortal Kombat games, he plays Shang Tsung. That makes sense. Uh, Merrick Murphy plays Mari, which is the uh, little girl. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, and in The Walking Dead, she played Megan Chamberlain. Okay. Show, George, I, hmm? Show I have not watched. I've not watched it either, but it was a big thing on hers. Right. 
Uh, George Takai plays Hosota. Sorry, Husato. Yeah, Husato. And of course, he is Ensign Hikaru Sulu on mm. Star Trek, the original series. Yes, the original Sulu. Uh, Rooney Mara plays the sisters. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Social Network, she played Erica Albright. Ralph Fiennes plays the Moon King. And, of course, he played He Who Must Not Be Named in Harry Potter. Voldemort, Voldemort, Voldemort. And last but not least, Matthew McConaughey played Beetle. I had a couple choices for Matthew McConaughey, so I chose something I think a lot of people haven't seen. Okay. That I think they should go see. Okay. In the movie Bernie, he plays Danny Buck, the prosecutor who is going to catch uh, Bernie for killing that old lady. All right, all right, all right. Have you ever watched Bernie? No, I have not. You need to. Okay. You really need to. Okay, I, I will put it on the list. Yes, you definitely need to put it on the list. Uh, what do we got in info? All right. So or IMDB or production or... Info production. Let's call that. Info production. Okay. I, 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 this, we're just continuing to rename this thing every week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. So on IMDB, it has a 7.8... Out of 10, mm-hmm. which is not bad. Not bad. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 97%, and its audience score is an 86. Okay. All right. So it was produced by Leica, the studio best known for stopping in features such as Coraline, Paranormal, Box Paranorman. Troll, Paranorman. Thank you. Paranorman. Paranorman, The Box Trolls, and most recently, Missing Link. Which Missing Link, I believe, won a couple of awards. It this did year. actually. So, I haven't watched it, so I don't know if it, how good yeah. it is. We'll eventually get around to watching it, perhaps, along with some of the others. In fact, uh, Coraline may be on the Halloween month, my, my Halloween month list. All right. So when we get to ha- the Halloween month, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. That spectacular month. Yeah, that's right. That is what we're calling it, spectacular month. Yeah, spectacular month. All right, so it was distributed by Focus Focus Features. It was released first on August 13th, 2016 in Melbourne, thank you, Melbourne. I'm mispronouncing words left and right here. Melbourne International Film Festival, or MIF, is an annual film festival held over three weeks in Melbourne, 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 thank you, Melbourne. Australia, and it was released in the U.S. August nineteenth, two thousand nine, two thousand sixteen. I was say nineteen. I was like, that's way, that's three years later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So box office, it had an estimated budget of sixty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Not a bad budget for all everything they did in this film. Oh yeah, fantastic use of budget. All right, on its opening week, U.S. U.S. stateside. It grossed $12.6 million. Maybe. Yeah. Not so good. All right. So its U.S. domestic gross was $48.0 million. Okay. It gained a little bit more internationally. It gained $76.2 million. So it barely made it over its own... Estimated budget. Okay. And that's not including advertising. That's not including promotions. Not including mm-hmm. toys. Or I think this film barely made anything. 
Right. If, if we look at ev- all the numbers. The sad yeah. thing is is that stop motion animation does not have the love it needs. No, it doesn't. For what, how much work it goes into it. Because, I mean, yeah, we know it's stop motion. But yeah. most people, if they look at the beautiful work in this movie, would assume it's CG. Yeah. And all the like, the time and the effort and just yeah. pure love goes into this kind of craft. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready for the summary? Yeah. All right. It. Summary is as follows. In feudal Japan, 12-year-old eye-patched Kubo tends to his ill mother, Sariatu, in a mountain cave near a village. He earns their living by magically manipulating origami with music from his shamisen for the village folk, telling the tale of his missing father, Hanzo, a samurai warrior. Kubo is never able to finish his story as he does not know what happened to Hanzo and Sariatu cannot recall the end due to her deteriorating mental state. Mm-hmm. Sariatu warns him not to stay out after dark as her sisters, Karasu and Washi, and their grandfather, the Moon King, who took his eye when he was a baby, will find him and take his remaining eye. One day, Kubo learns of the village's bond festival, allowing them to speak to their deceased loved ones. Kubo attends, but is angry that Hanzo does not appear from his lantern, and forgets to return home before sunset. Karasu and Washi quickly find him and attack, but Sariatu suddenly appears and uses her magic to send Kubo far away, telling him to find his father's armor. Actually, it's not his father's armor. It's the armor that uh, he was from the story mm-hmm. that was supposed to be all powerful. Yeah, but it, it was. But technically, uh, it was not his father's armor. No, it wasn't. Uh, Kubo wakes up in a distant land to find Monkey, his wooden snow monkey charm, has come alive. Monkey tells him that Sariatu is gone and the village destroyed. With the help of little Hanzo, the origami figure based on Kubo's father, they set out to find the armor. Along the way, they meet Beetle, an amnesiac samurai who was cursed to take the form of a stag-beetle-human hybrid, but believes himself to to have been Hanzo's apprentice. Kubo, Monkey, and Beetle reclaim the sword Unbreakable, from a cave guarded by a giant skeleton. They cross the long lake in a leaf boat to locate the breastplate impenetrable deep underwater. Kubo and Beetle swim down to retrieve it and encounter a sea monster, the Garden of Eyes, who first uses its many eyes to entrance its victims by showing them visions of secrets, then eats them. Kubo is caught in the creature's sight, but while entranced, comes to realize that Monkey is the reincarnated spirit of his mother. Beetle rescues the unconscious Kubo and obtains the breastplate, but on returning to the boat, they find that Monkey has been badly wounded, fighting and defeating Karasu. They go to shore to recover, where Monkey explains that she and her sisters were ordered by the Moon King to kill Hanzo, but she instead fell in love with him, and the Moon King branded her an enemy. That night, Kubo dreams of meeting Raiden, a blind elderly man who points him towards the helmet invulnerable in Hanzo's abandoned fortress. They travel there the next day, but realize too late it is a trap set by the Moon King and Washi. Washi reveals that Beetle is Hanzo, whom they curse for taking Sariatu away from them and kills Hanzo. Sariatu sacrifices herself, buying Kubo the time to use his shamisen to defeat Washi, breaking two of the three strings on it. Little Hanzo provides insight to Kubo that his helmet is actually the bell at the village, and Kubo breaks the last string to quickly travel there. At the village, Kubo meets... Oh, by the way, it doesn't say this, but uh, 
Hanzo dies too. Yeah. In a very sad, yes. sad scene. Yes. Uh, at the village, Kubo meets Raiden, who is revealed as the Moon King. He offers to take Kubo's other eye to make him immortal, but Kubo refuses. Raiden transforms into a giant Dunkleosis-like dragon, the Moon Beast, and pursues Kubo and the remaining villagers into its cemetery. When Hanzo's armor pr- proves ineffective... Kubo removes it and restrings the shamisen using his mother's hair, his father's bowstring, and his own hair. With the instrument, he summons the spirits of the villagers' loved ones and shows Raiden that memories are the strongest magic of all and can never be destroyed. Kubo and the spirit's magic protect themselves and the villagers from Raiden, stripping him of his powers and leaving him a mortal human without any memories. Spurred on by Kubo's stories, the villagers take compassion and tell Raiden he was a man of many positive traits, accepting him into the village. Kubo is able to speak to his parents' ghosts during the subsequent bond ceremony as they watch the deceased villagers' lanterns transform into golden herons and fly to the spirit world. I would like to point out that most of that is not obvious. No, it's by not. Because, uh, A, they never say the sisters' names. No. The... Uh, name Raiden doesn't, I think, show up until after he becomes mortal. Yeah. Moon King becomes mortal. Um, this outright leaves out some other stuff. While at this is a weird description, I'll say that much. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and hit my first like if that's all right. I love the stop motion animation in this. Same here. Um, it is beautifully well done. It is. In most cases, I think when people think stop motion animation, they're thinking claymation. Yeah. Which I like claymation to some degree. But this is pure stop motion animation. Everything looks solid. Yeah. Because I believe this is one of those 3D printed uh, things because they've done this before with Paranorman. Yeah. Although I've not seen Paranorman, but I saw I do remember. I assume they're using the same technique here. Yeah. Um, it was. was There was compositing done, but for the most part, it is all done in... It is all uh, stop-motion photography. Mm -hmm. And it is... And some of the scenes, I still wonder how they pulled it off in stop-motion. Yeah. Especially the birds uh, following them through the the Forbidden Lands. Oh, yeah. All of those birds... In my mind, that had to be CG, but it's not. It's... Amazing what they were able to do with uh, w- with what they had here, and like and this movie is just downright beautiful. Agreed from beginning to end. I mean, it really does feel like you're. When I say it, it feels like you're watching a three D CG animated movie. Yeah, I think that's because I have nothing else to compare it to. Right, in terms of what it looks like. At the same time you can still kind of see a little bit of the stop motion in there. Yeah. But almost not enough that most people would just assume it's just a little bit weird. Yeah. Is, we're not talking about, you know, like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas where you can actively see uh, in the models the lines around, like, the mayor's mouth so they can change out the, mm-hmm. the mouth every once in a while. No, this is all, it's like, all 3D printed. It produces a... a very smooth animation style that is almost to the movie's detriment, I think, because people are going to look at this and think, oh, this is just a a CG movie. Yeah. 
And it's not. It's still a beautiful movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it still amazes me that this is stop motion. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? What's your number one? Oh, my first thought, my first like, actually, um, the fight scenes. Okay. The fight scenes, how, you know, tying in with the animation, mm-hmm. how all the all the cord, the uh, the coordination and how it's all choreographed. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Normally with stop motion, you don't get good fight scenes. No, and this is done incredibly well if you go back and watch the feature the featurettes mm-hmm. oh my war be like it's literally they do a, a like you know it's so beautiful the way they do it because it's literally because if you've ever done stop motion i've done stop motion that takes a lot of time a lot of work yeah and a lot of love to do it because there, there are days be like i just want to give up because I, I did it with claymation once when i was like in seventh grade mm-hmm. and uh i would love to have that uh, VHS of that, but, Meh. but it was, it's, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. And definitely when you're coordinating, um, fight scenes that are done incredibly well, that, you know, bring back that era of, um, uh, classic Japanese, um, Japanese movies. Yeah. And just beautiful fight scenes, how, how they're coordinated, coordinated and just breathtaking breathtaking and awe just jaw dropping um symmetry of movement which i love that's my number one what's your number two my number two is the backgrounds backgrounds do not get the love a lot of times they deserve especially even from us yeah but i I say backgrounds we're talking setting for the most part much of the setting of this movie is just beautiful yeah uh, it took a lot of imagination to design a lot of this. Yeah. Um, it's there's not really a scene where I can look at it and go, "Oh, that's fake." In fact, for a good portion of the movie, I assumed that while the main characters were stop motion, I was convinced the backgrounds were all CG and it was just composited on top of the other. But it's not. It no. is actually fully made and, and physically, and it looks beautiful. But, I mean, it's not, I mean, there's, what am I trying to say? It's creative, it's beautiful, there's not much I can really much more say about how beautiful the backgrounds are, but there's a lot of breathtaking shots, such as uh, that first, as he's walking down the mountain, Mm -hmm. that first time, to go into the village, and the camera does that big, long zoom out. Oh, yeah, beautiful. That makes you go, it makes you go, oh my goodness, that looks beautiful. The beginning, when... Mm -hmm. uh, She's on the ocean carrying Kubo to the village that first time. Yeah. I mean, I didn't talk about the waves there, but yeah, let's face it, the waves there are gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And how they did those was yeah. incredible. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you know how they did them? How? Okay. So water is one of those things that's incredibly hard yeah. to do with stop motion. And there's a lot of good water effects in this movie. Yeah. Think um, dominoes. Of how do, like a domino effect goes, mm-hmm. did the exact same thing with just paper, and just just did that. Oh, that's how they did that effect. So it's kind of a fanning motion. It's a fanning motion. Okay, and with a little little CG help assistance here, right. but for the most part, it's stop motion, and just using basic generic effects to make this done, and it's done fantastic. Oh my gosh! To be honest, that's the the waves in the beginning of the movie, not yes. the underwater effect. 
later no. on in the in on the long lake. No, yeah, the 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 scenes in the long lake. I, like, I assume those effects were helped by CGI. Yeah, those but, scenes were. Those scenes were. Uh, also but even that's beautiful for CG. Oh yeah, absolutely, definitely. It it blends almost seamlessly with it, especially with the rain during that fight scene between Monkey and uh, the one sister. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. That is so good, and. But even that, on top of this boat made out of leaves, mm-hmm. I did not expect to actually be able to make out every single mm-hmm. leaf on the outside of this boat. But you can, uh-huh. <laughs> which is amazing, yeah. for one thing. I, it's incredibly detailed. That Admittedly, they don't have to worry about this thing you know, coming apart later on. No. Not until they break it apart. And... They it's and they it's just gonna it's not like it's gonna do a whole lot. The only thing that animates a lot on that is the uh, the sail, mm-hmm. which even that is beautiful. Yeah. And then th- that effect when uh, monkey's trying to figure out where the sister is and the lightning strikes and you can see her behind the sail. Oh yeah. I know they just projected the shadow of the image on there. Uh huh. But still, you're going. Ah, that is so awesome. Yes, it is. So little piece of trivia here. How many leaves were on the boat itself? As many as sand is upon the shore. Close. Two million. <laughs> oh, my word. I, it, it was They had to have... Li- yeah. They had to have hand-painted every single leaf and then glued it to a physical model. Yes. Hand- that is how they would have had to do that. Yes. It was all because, hand, like hand-placed. Every one of them. Because you cannot do that. You cannot print uh, that detail. Even back then, yeah, on a, on a model that size, where you can actually make out every single leaf. Oh yeah, it was a huge model. Like oh all, yeah, like all their sets are huge. Oh, it has to be. Oh yeah, it has to be because they have to be able to physically move that stuff around. Oh yeah, definitely. When we're talking about the uh, the uh, I mean the, the the demon skull the de- the demon skeleton yeah. The thing was 16 feet tall. And if you want to see what that looks like, fast forward to the credits and see the time-lapse video of oh, them yeah. moving that thing. Oh, yeah. And you realize how big that was. Oh, yeah. And that's and that was like a lot of them were that size. Yeah. Because uh, you, you have to remember, this. all this stuff is about the size of the... Of the uh, of the of Hoth on uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. All that was stop motion, too. Yeah. Of the moving the, well, the ships flying around and mm-hmm. the uh, AT-ATs. Yeah. We're talking a set, um, a miniature that size. Oh, yeah. And not just one miniature for a couple scenes. We're talking thousands of miniatures. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all amazing. Mo- all moving independently and right. motion, just now, fluid. There is compositing. We do yes. know that. Yes, uh, there are. That there are compositing effects in the movie. That's... Not really surprising. Yeah. But the fact that you can't tell when you first look at it that that's composited. No, you can't. You can't tell until you're looking at a feature and you see there's green screen. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's your number two like? My number two like, it's actually one of the elements within the story itself, would be the uh, would be eyes and memory. Okay. So the, the fact would be like this... This overall theme of eyes and memory are just so um, are all over the place with this movie, with uh, with Kubo losing his eye, mm-hmm. with everybody either having memory loss or not who not knowing who they are, uh, 
to you know the big revelation be like, oh, Kubo's been with his mom and dad the entire time. Yeah. Which I I, I was like, okay, the the mom I like I mean like I'll, I'll get I'll get how quick curious how quickly uh until they revealed it because I, I I had no idea. The only reason I afterwards it, okay that makes sense yeah, now. The only reason I caught it early. You're right. I, I mean, the I, only I, reason I, I recognized yeah, when, when, it, and I kind and I the thing was when I first saw this, yeah. back when I back in 2016, I assumed okay, she's got the same voice because it's it's reanimated with his mother's magic. Mm-hmm. So that's just meant to be. This is a representative of his right. mother, but and it's probably filled with everything his mother, his mother's love and his mother's wants for right. him. I assumed that's what it was. Right. But when she says that line. No, that only made me stronger. Yeah, I my jaw hit the floor. It's like what? I kind of knew there was a. I knew there was a connection. I didn't yeah. know that was the connection. Yeah, of course. Once you realize that connection, the fact that Matthew McConaughey is actually his father, yeah, is not as <laughs> uh, surprising because because mm. you can just tell they're an old married couple. Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, Monkey and Beetle are. Yeah. It's like, well, if that's his mother, that's got to be his father. Yeah. Be like, I can't believe I've married a beetle. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, just the, the idea of memory, the idea that, uh, that we all have these very fond memories or these some memories that we don't remember mm-hmm. but we'll recall later in life. And uh, I, I find that fascinating because it's, it's one of those elements I, I want to use in a, uh, a story I'm working on about memory. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I just I love this idea of um, this this family that you know has been apart, but now they're together. Even mm-hmm. though be like Kubo doesn't know it, yeah, for the most part. And uh, I enjoy that, and definitely the I element is so be like it threw me for. I was like, why in the world would <clears throat> the grandfather want his eye? And it was like, oh, okay, so you can escape for be like get away from mortality so you don't need to see this anymore right. all you need to do is be be in the the, the heavens with me and mm-hmm. you you can you can live forever and, yeah. and kubo's line would be like be like i would rather die and just you know be be here where i where all my memories are mm-hmm. where i can be remembered and yeah. not not be up there and just you know for, forget about everything mm-hmm. and I, I the story is so well done definitely with those elements um interwoven within it mm-hmm. i love it so yes what is your number three my number three is the theme of family which yes. you can see in the title uh-huh. it's called kubo and the two strings because he's one string his mother is the second string and his father's the third string. yeah and the shamisen has three strings and mm-hmm. that's where he most of his magic comes from is yes. using that shamisen so when he is playing it with the string of hair from his mother and the bowstring of his father, yeah. along with his own string, that's why the family is what's able to defeat the Moon King. Yes. And not, you know, all this armor, from the, this legendary armor from the yeah. story, is not able to. That I'll get more into that when we get to dislikes. Yeah. But uh, I, I just love the concept of family because on one hand you've got his mother's family mm-hmm. fighting to take to, to take him up into their world. Yeah. Why they want him up there, 
I don't know. No. My assumption, the Moon King just wants his entire lineage up there. And since uh, his, his old eldest daughter has already betrayed them, mm-hmm. he'll settle for his grandson. Yeah. Maybe. That's a guess. I don't re. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But uh, so you've got that. Plus, you've got the family coming together, even though half the time they don't even know their family in this movie. And plus, ending with the families of the village villagers, both alive and dead, coming back to uh, to finally beat the Moon King off. It was. It's the idea that there's nothing stronger than family. Yeah. The familial unit, that's one of the things I, active, I actually loved about this movie. Uh, I have some other problems mm-hmm. that are kind of related to all that, but we'll get to that in a minute. All right. So uh, what's your third like? My third like would actually be one of the actors, Matthew McConaughey. Sorry, I said that All right, all right, all right. Okay. So this was actually Matthew McConaughey's first voice actor role mm-hmm. and you can kind of tell you you can tell <laughs> a little bit i mean he's you can just kind of tell in the way he's the way that w- when he's saying those lines he's got to be moving his mm-hmm. arms yeah and they did not match his movements with the character in some ways so yes. yeah but still I, well i was out I, I was thoroughly impressed with how I could not tell it was actually Matthew McConaughey until like halfway through the movie. Yeah. Because I knew it was like, okay, Matthew McConaughey is in this film. Who is he? <laughs> and then you hear Beatles say something. It's like, wait, that sounds like Matthew McConaughey. Of course, it's Matthew. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. I, I was completely shocked. And I was like, what? <laughs> and... You know, because obviously you hear Matthew McConaughey, he talks like this the entire time. Yeah. Because he's from East Texas. <laughs> yeah. So. Southern East Texas, but he's Southern Texas. East Texas, but East Texas in either way. Um, but I, I loved his performance. It's like, yeah, you can definitely tell he's, you know, new at it. Mm-hmm. But it was such a well done, very believable performance of, the, of a, uh, a uh, amnesian beetle yeah and it was it was the the interaction with him and the, the mother were just it was dynamite yeah it's like it it sounds like uh Charlie theron and matthew McConaughey just had a blast and a half with this and i'd be willing to bet they had to have been in the same room recording yeah had at least to. at least the dialogue bet- uh, between the between two. them especially during what i call the old married couple scene where yes. it's painfully obvious yes that they knew each other. Yes. But just big kudos to Matthew Gane with his first role, his first uh, voice acting role. And I enjoyed his performance. I mm-hmm. thought it was really good. You know, the the rest of the cast was amazing. Um, so, yeah, be like I thoroughly enjoyed McConaughey's performance and everybody else's performance. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's my number three. Well, moving into our dislikes. Yes. My first dislike is the fact that the three treasures, the the armor, yeah, that is the entire reason the journey uh the entire journey is about finding this armor. Right. And the armor is completely and utterly useless. Right. In this the only thing it ha- does is 
get them to go on the journey. Well, let's look at what the journey does. They are they have to they start off in the Forbidden Lands. Mm-hmm. That part doesn't have to change because that's just where his it's where his mother's uh, magic sent him. Yeah, that's fine. You're going and from there he's got to go uh this this they pretty much go in a straight line for the most part. Yeah. They go to where uh, the sword is, which happens to be in this giant skeleton cave. Yeah. You could have still fallen into a skeleton cave and fought off a monster without needing to pick up a sword. Right. Uh, the next one is going to the Long Lake. You could have easily had the uh, Garden of Eyes maybe send up a Kraken-like tentacle. To, mm-hmm. Or better Grab yet, somebody. since the sister's going to fight uh, Mother on top of the thing... Mm-hmm. Have her not when they show up. Have her knock Kubo off into the water, and Kubo happens to see the the eyeball, and you know that would call, give a reason for uh, Beetle to go in after him. Yeah. Uh, while that fight's going on up there, and then yeah, it makes sense that perhaps when they lift there, they happen to go through uh, his father's dojo. Yeah. How ha- castle? Yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah, and. While he's there, he realizes, and that's where you know his parents eventually die, and he realizes he needs to have a showdown with his grandfather, mm-hmm. and where's the best place to do that, all things considered, his hometown. Yeah. Which is you, rubble. Right. With that, you don't need the sword, you don't need the breastplate, and you certainly don't need the helmet. Yeah. The, and those things, the three things do not help him in the story. In no. fact, they are a hindrance. Throughout the story, yeah. you do not need those three items. You could have told this story without those three items, mm-hmm. which means not even from a storytelling point of view are they helpful in any way, shape, or no, form. They not. are a distraction. They're an excuse to go on the adventure, but at the same time, they could be. You could say they are on the run from uh, from his from his grandfather and do the same story. Yeah. So yeah. They could have left the three sacred treasures, whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, the, the sword, the breastplate, and the helmet. They could have left that entire point out and been just fine. Yeah. It just annoys me that they thought, well, we've got to have, we got to go have them pick up stuff to make the journey worth it. But then those three things are important because what's important is family. Right. You know what? Make it more about family Agreed. instead of going after these three things. Because in the way he. Finds his mother in reincarnated in this monkey, and he finds his father who is still alive, which yep. is why he didn't show up in the uh, lantern. Mm-hmm. He finds his father. Yeah, he doesn't realize it's his father, but they his father knew him. Yeah, maybe. Actually, here's a better idea. Maybe Kubo is gonna has decided he's gonna go find his father because maybe he doesn't think he's dead since he didn't show up in the lantern. That could be. The monkey is just trying to protect. Uh, protect him because that's what the magic is charging her to do and that's what his mother would want to do anyway right and they decide okay fine you want to go see your father's old castle we'll go to your father's old castle you could have done it that way and then have the sisters kill uh, have the second sister kill the two there at at the castle which means now kubo's got to go into a showdown yeah that would have been maybe i don't know if that's a better story but it's definitely a more efficient, more slimmed down story without fluff. And yeah, I don't mind fluff in a movie if the fluff accentuates. Yeah, 
what's going on. And the fluff here doesn't. It's okay. just, it's a distraction. It has no point in being there. It could have been left out and made no real change to the story other than maybe if they had thought about it a little bit differently, could have made a more stronger tie to that theme of family. Mm. But yeah, that's just my thoughts. Okay. What's your first dislike? My first dislike would be, and this is more of a nitpick to it, the the fact that, okay, Kubo is playing his, how do you pronounce Shamasen. it? Shamasen. Shamasen. Playing his Shamasen, he has the ability to do, to manipulate paper or anything like that yeah. with the Shamasen. My question would be is, okay, his, grand, his mother is a goddess. Yes and no. Yes and no. And my my curiosity the entire time is like, how does he know how to use this power? Be well, like it's it's. If I had to make a guess, we yes. can see at the beginning of the movie that she has still got her faculties when they first land on the yes. shore. My guess is she taught him from an early age, but as she got older, mm-hmm. she started become uh, getting weaker and weaker, especially yeah. mentally, and now when she's at her best is just right after sunset. Yeah. When the mag- the moon yeah, magic that powers her. Yeah, that's what it's uh, is strongest. Now, interestingly enough, Kubo's not powered by moon magic. No, he's not. Except in that one scene. Yeah. For the most part, throughout the whole thing, he's got power all day long. Yeah, so there's there's a so real, there's where is real... his power coming yeah, from? Yeah, exactly. How how does how does his how does his power work? Yeah. It's it's it, it's baffling and some it's like i don't understand it it's like mm-hmm. like you said be like it's you know his mother was a moon goddess and kind yet, of kind of it's, you it's know, not real. really explained it's not it's really just, she explained. was immortal yeah and there's there's a lot of this movie that nothing is really explained just be like let's go on this journey yeah and i would like a little explanation yes so that's my number one dislike okay my number two dislike is a nitpick. Okay. I know it's a nitpick. The three strings. Okay. One of the strings that he uses is a woven hair from his mother. Yeah. The second string he uses is the bow string that is on his, from his father's bow and arrow. Right. Or his bow, actually. Yeah. The third string is just a random piece of hair he plucked from his own head. Right. Now, moon magic is involved. Right. So... Bear with me here. But here's the thing. String material in an instrument is incredibly important when you're going for a tone. I can kind of let the hairs go to some degree because one is thinner, one is thicker because of the braid. Mm -hmm. Those would produce the same kind of sound, even though I don't think they would hold up long in the way they were put in there. Mm -hmm. But his father's bowstring, despite that being the only way he could have had string from his father yeah would definitely not make a sound that would harmonize like that no it would physically yeah. with the two hairs and i recognize like i said moon magic is involved within the magic they harmonize because they're they're pieces of the family coming mm-hmm. together yeah, all different did. but yeah. they all harmonize mm-hmm. i understand that but a part of me looks at that and goes that's got to sound horrible. Uh-huh. That was, that was That's my gotta point. Be, and you don't see him tune anything when he sets this up. He doesn't have time to. No. He just starts playing with uh, on that and going, 
you know what? I want to give some of this up for, you know, the fact that, you know, you got time, you don't have time to do all the technical stuff here. You've got to, you're at the climax of the movie. You kind of want to let this stuff go. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm looking at it and going, ah, this could be better. You could have done just a bit better. You could have had the string when he applied it on there suddenly turn into actual shamisen strings. Yeah. And I would accept this better. But it, I don't know. It just annoys me. Yeah. And in the moment, it's like I said, it is a nitpick. Yeah. So what's your number two dislike? My number two is actually the, like, your exact number two. Exactly. <laughs> So you wavelengths here, wavelengths here. Yes, exactly. The logistics were driving me nuts. <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, okay, like you said before, be like, okay, hair, different, you know, different uh, ones weaved, ones not. I get it. That could work. That could work, but I mean, not well, but it could yeah. work. Yeah, but his father's bow looks yeah. like just regular rope. Yeah, it was not even like a taut. It was a taut string because it yeah. has to be. But I mean, it was not bowstring. Yeah. It was a rope. <laughs> yeah, like I can understand maybe it's horsehair, maybe. maybe? But, but at the same time, then it's technically going to be a thicker braid than his mother's hair was. Right. Which means it should be on the left, not yeah. the center. <laughs> I would assume. I don't know what the string. I don't know how you tune a shamisen. Right. But it shouldn't be dead center in no, my mind. I know why it is because his mother was essentially the lead of the family for so long. His right. father, while absent, no, it's not his fault. Right. Did bring up the was the one he met second, and then he's the third. I get that, mm -hmm. but it doesn't work logistically. No, it doesn't. And like I said, I would have nothing wrong with that scene had. Once he applied that and maybe made that first stroke, if magically all three strings exactly. turned into shamisen strings. Exactly. Like we see throughout the rest of the movie. I maybe golden shamisen strings. Yeah, exactly. Something to show you, okay, these are now these have morphed into the actual thing it needs to be, even though it came from these other sources. I would be fine with that. Yeah. But that's not what we see. We see his mother's hair. His father's bowstring and his hair. Yeah. And that's it. it. It's like, that's not going to work logistically. Yeah. It's I, just not. I, I get it. I get it. Sim, you know, I get the symbolism. Sizzling. Yeah. And I should ignore, and I, I recognize the symbolism should be all that I really need to care about. Yeah. But the way I think when it comes to symbolism, yes. symbolism should still, if, if the person misses what it's a symbol of, yeah. the scene should make sense. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So if you in this case, yes, I get the symbolism. I get that one strings his mom, he one strings his dad, and he's the third. But if you are actually strip the symbolism out of it, the scene doesn't work because mm -hmm. it would not. If if anything, it might hurt people's ears <laughs> when he goes to strum. But it just doesn't work from a technical point of view. So yeah, that's just I got that's you. me. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and that's why my number two is exactly the same year as yours. Okay. So, what is your number three? My number three, I don't like that they made the Moon King mortal at the end of the Completely agree. Because, A, the only reason you do that is to show that they, that somehow Kubo forgave his grandfather. Mm-hmm. 
why is he forgiving his grandfather? Because it doesn't really show that. I mean, literally, that last stroke should have killed him. Yeah, should have. It should have. It doesn't. It somehow turns him mortal. Somehow, he's now got Kubo's uh, missing eye. Yeah. Which is like, where did that come from? Because as far as we knew, the eye was gone. Yeah. Yeah, they said the, the Moon King stole it, but it's kind of implied that it's not just stolen, it's destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's like it was poked out of his eye and they didn't get to the other one. Why does this Moon King physically have his have his grandson's eye in his head now? Why does he have... I understand the complete amnesia because he wasn't growing, gaining memories, possibly for his entire life. And then the whole village decides to, you know, maybe we ought to humor the guy so in case his powers do come back, he doesn't try to kill us. <laughs> but that whole scene, it's like, this scene does not need to exist in this film. Because A, it does not help the story at all. Yeah. It encourages... Uh, it gives a happy ending for no good reason. Yeah. This movie, and the thing is, the movie already has a happy ending. Yeah, exactly. And they go, it's like, we're going to take this one step further and show his grandfather's back for some reason. Yeah. Like I said, my guess is maybe Kubo forgave him in that last stroke, but yeah. that's not what you see in the performance. No, it's not. You see him saying, making this proclamation about his family. But his fam, no part of that is like, and you need to learn this too, or I'm going to show you this, or anything like that. It's just, it's like, why is he back? And where did his clothes come from, in some degree? Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's got amnesia. Maybe if they had ever made a sequel, they could get into his grandfather. But I don't even see the point. If there was another extra scene where it's like, you can see maybe even Kubo hugging his grandfather or something yeah, to show that there's actually a, anything other than hatred towards his grandfather. Yeah. I could believe it. Yeah. But there's none of that there. It's just like, oh, well, you're the kindest old man who ever... All these lies yeah. that they're lying to him about. Yeah. And the movie really ends like a minute later with this scene of the family going off. It's like, oh. And the grandfather's not even in that scene. No, he's not. His daughter, even if he doesn't know that's his daughter, he should be told, okay, yeah, your daughter died. We're not going to tell you why your daughter died. Other yeah. She died because of a disease or something. That's as much good a lie as any of the others he was right. told. So he should be out there with Kubo if, if there's actually forgiveness involved yeah. in that to see his at least his his daughter's lantern go down the river at least that, that it should be that but there's really no reason why he's that that live action that live action the mortal version of him should even exist in this movie i agree as far as i'm concerned i agree so what's your third dislike uh well i'm gonna jump onto yours for a second the uh the fact that the grandfather be like is suddenly just kubo is somehow he forgave him but we're never shipped, maybe. But if we were given a, a line or two or given a representation, a visual representation, that maybe a line would be like, uh, I know you did all these things, but I know that be like, you're, you're, you're a family to me and be like, I'm, I'm going to forgive you for that because we are family. Mm-hmm. But none of that's ever spoken. No, it's not. And it's. Maybe it was intended at some point to do that. Yeah. But we're not shown that. No, we're not. 
Uh, just like a lot of this movie, we're kind of just there's not a whole lot of explanation for a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I completely agree that there could there could have been this like redemption arc, redemption yeah. arc, or not like, a long one because I mean you don't have much time left in the movie no. in the first place. But no. and maybe maybe this is just something that got cut short due to like maybe budgetary concerns, right? Or something I don't know, but yeah. it just does not end in a way that makes sense with what we're seeing. Up until that point, the movie is almost perfect. Yeah, agreed. That actually drops at a point for me the way they handle the Moon King being mortal. Yeah, because it does not change. It doesn't make sense why that's going on, and the movie just ends. It's like, eh, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I half expected Beetle to show up at the last minute for most of that fight. Right. That yeah, that fake death thing, but he's not really dead because he's the big samurai hero. And I like that he... I say that I like that he died. Yeah. I like that they stuck to their guns. Yeah. And actually had both of his parents be dead in that yeah. fight, after that fight scene. But I wish... I don't know. It's just a disappointing... It, it, it's not a fulfilling ending. Yeah, it isn't. It is up to, it's like, okay, I'm going to be the person you couldn't be, and I'm going to stand up to you just like my parents did. Yeah. And maybe that would have caused him to, I don't know, be banished to the moon and not able to return for a while or something, but then to be, now you're mortal and you don't even remember all the evil you did. Yeah. What's the point? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, forgiveness, Yes. But he's not even going to understand how much he's being forgiven. Right. So, eh. Yeah. So, my th- my third dislike would actually be the the revelation that the dad is Beetle. So... It, it does kind of just happen. It just happens. And it, it does not have the impact of realizing the monkey is his mother. Yeah, because it's basically... It's like, although, oh... Although I do love that line. So, you take after your father, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. The uh, the fact that the 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 very minimal backstory we get, where it'd be like, oh, instead of killing, we banished you and we tormented your mind until you forgot everything. It's fine enough. It's fine enough, but it's not really. But it's not satisfying. The revelation that Beetle is his father just happens. It's not. No attention is drawn. In fact, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. Oh yeah, it is that quick and that subtle. Mm-hmm. It's like. Oh, you're the father. You didn't realize this yet? Yeah. Uh, we made it's like if you missed that line, it's like, "Oh, we made you amne- we tortured you and turned you into a beetle and things like that doesn't tell you that's his father. It just says, yeah, over there." And yeah, there's a couple things like uh oh, I guess I married uh, I as I'm married to a giant beetle. The yeah. mother says it's like, mm-hmm. "Uh, maybe." Yeah. It's you could have done a little better. Yeah. Cuz you did amazing. With his mother. Oh, yeah. Being the monkey. Yeah. <laughs> you did an amazing job there. Why did this one fall flat? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I, but, uh, I keep in. I keep. Uh, no, you're, you're, you're good. Be like, you're, you're, you're throwing more dialogue into it. Um, you're, you're, chi- you're chiming in at those right times, which is excellent. The uh, what they could what I see what they could have done with the father's story. It's like, yes, they could have simply just killed the father off and the father would have reincarnated maybe as the beetle. Or his soul was trapped in something, but not we're gonna torture torture you until you have amnesia. I don't know. I don't mind that part of it because yeah. an amnesiac father that does explain why 
his spirit didn't return to the lantern. That makes sense. And that is the secret. I and admittedly, moon magic should allow you to s- trap somebody's soul in an object. Yeah, that may, but, but uh, I, I don't know. Moon magic is still weird, and it is. It is very ill-defined in this movie. Exactly, too. a lot of things is, are not ill-defined. Yes, and that is, I think, the biggest issue is so little is so much is ill-defined. Yeah, in how it actually works. <laughs> exactly, it still works in the context of the movie. And almost if you just don't view it critically, just kind of take it as it goes, you can mm-hmm. live with a lot of this movie yeah. and actually enjoy a lot of it. But you start analyzing it and you realize none of that is necessary. No, it's not. So anyway. Yeah. So that is my number three. All right. Uh, what is your rating for this movie? My rating, who it actually changed a little bit throughout the course of this review. Okay. Originally, it was going to be an eight. Originally, it's a solid eight. And sadly, I'm going to have to give it a 7.5. Okay. Uh, for the fact to be like, being the fact that we are movie reviewers, we're critics yeah. of animated films, um, throughout this entire course of you and me talking about this movie, the, the fact that the movie has so many itty-bitty little things that are never explained. Yes. Be like... And it's one of those it, things it where if it was... Batty. It's one of those things did. where if it was just one or two things, it would be yeah. fine. But there's so many that it builds into a problem. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm de- um, the movie technically is a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It has an amazing story. It just has all those problems, like, like just stack upon a stack upon stack of problems that is weighing this movie down. Yeah. So... In light of all that, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. What about you? I'm actually going to give it a 7. I, I too, was going to rate it higher, but as we talked, yeah. I thought I need to reevaluate, which is why I let you go first mm-hmm. in this this time. Yeah. Um, it does, it's, don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful film. Yeah. I enjoy the heck out of it. I enjoyed watching it, but... When you start analyzing it, there's so much that crops up. It's like, well, this isn't necessary. Right. This is, it adds nothing to characters. And all these little world building things, you're just supposed to accept. And they Mm. never explain what any of it means. Uh, Now, there's some things I do like. Like the fact that, uh, the fact that uh, the sisters wearing the mask the whole time, they're as blind as their, their father. Yeah. That's a cool thing. It's that like, is a good idea. It's like, okay, that makes sense. And very intelligently, you didn't point that out. Yeah. You let us, you, you let the character design speak for itself. You yes. didn't shove it down our throats. You let, you go ahead and do the thing. It's like, why do you want to take my eyes? Well, because then you'll see the truth about mm-hmm. everything. It's yeah. Like, well, and maybe that's what's going on with, it does make you wonder how his mother got eyes, but then the mask lets you see. See? See? That's the thing. His mother has eyes. Yeah. Did she get them back when she became mortal? How did she become mortal? Was confessing her love to uh, Hanzo what made her mortal? Yeah. Where did she be like, she got Are her sisters actually mortal? Yeah. And they, because they're up there, they aren't. But then why does that mean he's got to take Kubo's eyes? It almost makes me want to rate lower, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay firm at seven. Okay, it's just 
so many additional questions are brought up when yeah. you start thinking about it. Yeah. And that should not happen in a movie. I'm sorry. It just shouldn't. No. It should be. It's like you can easily come up with an explanation for yeah. that. And you might claim I'm overanalyzing it. Maybe I am. Maybe yeah. I'm looking for faults. We're critics. Give us a break. But we kind of have to. That's yeah. what we're. That's what you ask us to do. And I just want. It's just when a question pops into my mind, I need to quickly be able to rationalize yes. it with what the universe is actually telling me. And this yeah. does not ever do no, that. It doesn't. So yeah, that's why I'm giving it a seven. Okay. So um, we've reached the end of another episode. So now it's time to roll for our next movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, looking at where we are on the roll, we've got, at number one, we've got Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. It has been on the list for two episodes. Ding. We've got, at number two, we've got The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, uh-huh. which has been on here for one episode. Number three, we've got Dragon Ball Z, The Dead Zone, mm-hmm. which has been on for five episodes. We've got Toy Story, which has been on for two episodes, on number four. And we've got Monsters vs. Aliens at number five. Mm-hmm. It has been on for six episodes. So if we do not roll Monsters vs. Aliens tonight, yeah. next episode it will grow into whatever spot we did roll. Okay. And number six. Please tell us what you've chosen to replace this movie at number six. I have chosen The Adventures of Tintin. All righty. So... Try not to pay too close attention to his thoughts earlier in the show when he was talking about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we'd be going that. into that a little bit deeper. Um, this was your pick. Yes. So it means it's my roll for this particular one. So, And I rolled a one, which means we're watching Ghost in, in the, the Shell. Shell. Okay, that's going to be an interesting So we've one. come back to anime. Yes. As we always Dude. should. <laughs> <laughs> we we got we to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Go, uh, so we go from stop motion to, to pretty I, heavy 2D animation. Yeah, heavy 2D with a lot of CG elements. Yes. So uh, join us next time as we... Uh, is, is this the one with the laughing man or is that later? I believe that's that's later. Okay. I won't make that reference then. Uh, <laughs> join us next time when we, when we watch that. And keep in mind, we're not talking about the movie with Scarlett Johansson. No, we were talking about the we're original. We're talking about the original movie. Join us for that one. Thanks, guys. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh boy. So where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page. On Twitter at Jacob B. Heron. On Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. And on Letterbox at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterbox at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, the Cellcast podbean.com where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our RSS feed, if we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community 
where we talk about both animated and live-action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim, at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast, where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say The Cellcast, that is with a single L. L.